You're listening to the ministry of Potter's House Church Wandsworth, a Christian Pentecostal church based in South London, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our call is to reach the lost, make disciples and plant churches. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk. John 1 verse 6 and we're going to get into the word of God today. We're starting a new series today and so we're calling it Together. Uh, together we have it all and um, I was reading uh, recently speaking about you know uh, people nowadays and they said so many people nowadays that claim that they are basically social people. They're, they're not loners, they're, they're social but when you kind of scratch below the surface, a lot of their social interaction is simply through social media. And so they're, they're texting, they're WhatsApping, they're, you know, they're, they're DMing, whatever you call it. They're, 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 you know, this is what they're doing a lot of. And if you're younger than me, you've grown up in a different world than I grew up. Because if you're younger than me, you've grown up in a world where you are constantly bombarded with the professional and private achievements of other people. I didn't grow up in that world. When I was growing up, I didn't see what people were driving or living, unless I knew you, but you see people all over the world, and you're constantly being bombarded with this. And so in an article I read, it said uh, the results of this is that people feel the pressure of always looking and acting like they have it all together. That you're gonna, that there is a pressure on you that you've got to constantly be updating profiles, putting new pictures up, making sure that you try to get more likes than you did the last one. And what, why did people like that one, not this one? And, and maybe I need to recreate this and uh, all of these things. And you live in a world where you feel that pressure maybe. And I want to say to you today, uh, uh, none of us have it all together. None of us have it all together, but you've heard me say this before, as a church, as God's people, as God's family, children, together we have it all. Together we have it all. And so I want to uh, minister from 1 John 1 verse 6, and it says this, if we say we have fellowship with him we walk and, and, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, who, uh, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, your kindness. I thank you, Father, that... We can gather together in your house. I pray, Father, you would speak to us. Let your spirit be here, Father, for, for without your spirit, nothing is really going to be accomplished. Father, I just thank you for the privilege of sharing your word. We say this, we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Let, me, let me start with uh, uh, pulling something out of this text. And so it says in the text, if we say we have fellowship with him, if we say we have fellowship with God. And I want to start with this, is that God is a God of fellowship. That's what it says there, that you was made and you and I are made to have fellowship with God. And this is God's word. So this is what God wants. How many know if you want to know what God wants, look at his word. 
You don't need to go and ask the priest. You go and ask the word of God. Go into your word and say, look, what is, God, what do you want for my life? What do you like? And in his word, in the text, he says that if, we, if we're going to have fellowship with God, there's a certain parameters, but he's saying here that God wants to have fellowship with you. That's what God is. God is into fellowshipping with you, and God has made you for fellowship. We understand that when uh, 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 God makes Adam, and we've got to remember this, God makes Adam before he makes Eve. How many know that? Praise God, you Bible students. And so God makes the world, God makes the animals, God makes everything, and then he makes Adam. He puts Adam in perfection. Now, Adam is, there's no sin. Adam has not sinned yet, and Adam is in perfection, but God still says it's not good for you to be alone. So even if you're in a perfect environment and you yourself are perfect, which none of us are, but if you was perfect, even God would say it's still not good for you to be alone. You still need fellowship. You still need someone around you for you to have social interaction. And that's the only thing that we saw in the creation where God said, that's the first thing that we see God say, this is not good. It's not good for a man to be alone. How many know that when you meet people that are always alone, they're a little bit weird? That's a nice way of saying it. They're a little bit weird. Even Christians that are alone, a little bit weird. Have you ever met some Christian? Some Christians, I've met Christians that don't attend church, but they have a burden for evangelism. And I, 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 they don't attend church. <laughs> Amen. They don't attend church, but they, they're always witnessing. And, and, I met, and I met someone like that one time, and I was really impressed. I was like, oh, my days, this guy's preaching. I met this guy in West End, and he was preaching and that. And I was like, oh, where do you go to church? He said, I don't, go, I don't believe in church. I don't go to church. Um, church is not spiritual enough for me. I was like, what? And, 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 and he had a, there was something weird about him, and he, 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 he was... He, even, but he was, he, he, he was doing a nice thing. He was a, I, I don't, I, I, it's not for me to judge the man. He was doing a good thing. But when you're alone all the time, you turn a little bit weird. Whenever we see these tragedies, and I've said it before, where people shoot people and, and then shoot, turn the gun on themselves, what do we find? They always say they were a loner. Very, very, very rarely, I can't remember one, maybe you can, where there's a story of someone that was the life of the party and they had loads of friends and they were hanging out and then they went and did a madness like that. Most of the people that do those things, they'll be like, yeah, it was a little bit different. Always in the corner, alone. One of the worst punishments we can give to people is put them alone. Think about prison. Prison is to, okay, get you away from your family and your friends. How many of you just, when you go to prison, you, I know prison is different now. Some of you, maybe you've been to prison and all your friends were there. <laughs> but that's another sermon. <laughs> you, you was like, yeah, hey, I'm home now. <laughs> but that's a different sermon. But, you know, you're cut away from your family and your friends. But the, the worst part of prison is solitary confinement. The worst thing we can do to you. And I was speaking to Pastor Jay recently. We were meeting up more now. He's in London. We're having fellowship. And I'm, I'm enjoying that. And so he was telling me that he was reading this article about people that are in solitary confinement. They forget how to talk. They, they forget how to talk. That we can forget how to talk or how to formulate words. Like in your head, you hear the word, but you can't actually say it because you've been alone. So you might, the word circumstance, you might, in your head, you know it, and you're like, sizzle that. 
You can't say it because you, you've been alone for so long, you haven't been formulating words. We wasn't meant to be alone. We're not made for it. Even in the church, the Bible speaks about someone who refuses to repent. They claim they're a Christian, but they refuse to live like a Christian. The Bible says, separate them from the church. For a season, not forever, let them learn. If you don't hear, what I must feel. <laughs> Some of you don't know what that is. That just means if you're not willing to listen to correction, <laughs> then we must change your circumstances <laughs> that they become a little bit uncomfortable so that you learn you cannot continue with the progress of that behavior. You like that, yeah? Amen. <laughs> so that pastor's been reading. <laughs> The Bible says this. Let's look about the church. Acts 2, I've got a lot of scriptures today because I really want this to be, understand the weight of this thing. Um, Acts 2 verse 42, it says this. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. That means Bible. This is the, the beginning of the church. We would say, yeah, Bible. And fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer. So in there, we have the ingredients for a church. We have the, the apostles' doctrine, or the, the, that's the word of God. Then we have prayer, and we believe Bible and prayer is what we, these are pillars of what we build our church on. How many know we don't build our church on personality? How many know you're not here just for me? You're not here just because anyone else here. We're here for Jesus. We're here for the Word of God. We're not going to employ gimmicks to build the church. Or we, we, we believe that the Word of God builds the people and builds the church. We believe that prayer builds the people and builds the church. But in, this, in the middle of that, word and prayer is fellowship and sometimes some of us you know I, I'm, I'm more of a um an in, uh, uh, introverted person so when I came into the church I liked the word deep words reading the bible and all of that prayer but I, if I'm honest with you fellowship was always the hard thing for me because I just don't want to fellowship with people I'm like there's people long in this place huh? can I be honest with you today so people would always be like, you don't go to fellowships, do you? <laughs> That's what they say to me. And I was like, listen, man, I need to be reading my Bible. And I, I thought I was really spiritual. And I remember one time a sister came up to me and she says, what's my name? Do you know my name? And I was like, I don't know all the disciples' names yet. Why do I need to know your name? I'm in a cycle. Turn to someone and say, he was alone for too long. I was only saved about a month by that time, though. This is not like last year or conference, just gone. <laughs> and so I've always, I, I always had a problem because I didn't understand that fellowship is spiritual. I thought the Bible is spiritual, prayer is spiritual, and, 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 and fellowship, it's just this thing that they do. I'd go to fellowships and they'd pull out board games. And I'm 22, I don't, don't want to play no board game. Board games. And they'd be like, oh, what am I pretending to be? An idiot. <laughs> I did, it, it, this is, I'm just being honest with you now, yeah? I'm being honest with you. Because some of you seem, I'm into fellowship. Yeah, let's get the things. But you, I wasn't, no, no, no. I had to understand that fellowship is a spiritual thing. That without fellowship, Courtney, you're going to turn into a weirdo. More of a weirdo than you already are. See, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9 says, God is faithful by whom we were called into 
fellowship of his son, Lord Jesus Christ. That means fellowship is spiritual. Anything that you do with God is spiritual. And the Bible says, the fellowship of the Son, Philippians 2, verse 1. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, look what it says here, if any fellowship of the Spirit, he's saying that fellowship is spiritual. That if you're not having fellowship with Christians, if you're not coming together, if you're just on your own reading your Bible, getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and you're a prayer warrior, and you pray for hours, but you don't fellowship, you are missing out. You will not grow because you must have this dimension to your spiritual life. See, this is, fellowship is more than socializing. Fellowship is socialized, and I hear people say, fellowship is not socializing, and maybe even I've said that, it's a slip of the tongue. No, fellowship is socializing, but it's more than socializing. It's more than, it's like, uh, marriage is friendship, but it's more than friendship. There's more than friendship going on. And so in fellowship, there is more going on. And so fellowship is about sharing God and sharing life together. So I've got two guys that are going to come up. Uh, so come up here. You know who you are. Amen. Come up here. Amen. Give them a round of applause. These are our young lions. Young lions. Amen. Stand, stand here. Stand here. Amen. So, and so um, three things, three things about fellowship. We, we said fellowship is sharing. And so the first thing is it's sharing God. We, have to, we share God with one another. So let's see if we've worked this out. And I'm going to ask you, what is God? And what are you going to say? God is holy. So he's like, God is holy. So he's got that revelation, God is holy. You don't muck about with God. You can't be sinning. You can't be all up in a club, all up in a shubs. You can't be winding up, talking about coming to church, on winding up Saturday night, coming to church Sunday, doing the sign of the cross. No, 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 because God is holy. God is holy. Amen. Checking girls, check now anyway. Let me move on. <laughs> God is holy. Tell them again. God is holy. God is holy. What is God? God is love. God is love. So this guy's like, yes, he's like, listen, I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> he's like, God is love. God is merciful. I know people make mistakes, but God will forgive them. Let's love them. Let's not judge them. Let's, let's, let's believe in God's love for them. God can restore anybody. God, God helped uh, uh, when the prodigal son came back. God, was willing, God shows us his heart. And so he knows God is love. He knows God is holy. And so by himself, he's always going to say, God is holy. And by himself, he's always going to say, God is love. And so what happens is, this guy is getting more, God is holy. And every time he reads the Bible, all the holy scriptures leap out at him. Because that's what he understands God as God is holy. The problem is, is that if I make a mistake, and I come to this guy, and I'm like, oh my days, I've made a mistake. What's, hey, who is God? God is holy. I know that. But I've made a mistake. How do I, how do I restore what is God? God is holy. Oh, there's no hope for me. There's no hope for me. When he makes a mistake, he, all he knows is God is holy, and he's let God down. And how can a holy God, because how many know we all make mistakes? 
we all make mistakes. I come over here and I, I made a mistake. I'm like, bro, man, I've made a mistake. What are you going to tell me? God is love. Oh, praise God. God can restore me. There's mercy for me. I, I, now I know there's hope for my life. If he makes a mistake, what are you going to say? God is love. He, he, let me pick myself back up. Let me come to church. I don't need to run off. You made a mistake a week ago. You still haven't been to church. You, I don't belong here. I, I, no, no, no. God is love. Let me come into the church and come to the altar and repent and get my life right with Jesus. But the problem is this. Let's say that I'm just living in sin and I refuse to repent. And I'm just going to clubs and I'm just having a boyfriend or a girlfriend and any friend and all of this stuff. And I'm not, and I'm not, I, I refuse to repent. And I'm like, hey, I'm, this is how I'm living. And he tells me, God is love. And I'm like, yeah, so God loves me. I just continue. I just continue. Ah, oh, well, I guess I'm going to get to heaven because God is love. Yeah, so I'm going to get to heaven. But the Bible says, without holiness, no man will see God. And so what happens is, as these two guys start to fellowship and share God together, they start to understand that God is holy, but also God is love. They understand the full concept of what God is. That, yeah, I should be living holy and I can't be in the world doing the things. But when I slip, God is still loving to restore me. And he restores me so I can live holy and go on. And when I see other people, I can actually say, listen, bro, you need to live holy. But when they fall, I can say, but God can restore you. Come back to church and repent. And then I can say, no, but you've got to be a disciple because God is holy. And we need to share one, uh, uh, God with one another. See, if you ain't sharing, you get one side of God. See, because God is not going to reveal his whole self to you. He reveals one thing to you and another thing to you and another thing to you and another thing to you. And that's why none of us have it all together, but together we have it all. Together we have it all. You need fellowship. So it's the sharing of God, but it's, all, it's also not the not just the sharing of God, it's the sharing what God gives us. So stay there. Bottle for water for you. Another bottle of water for you. Some crisps for you. So what you got there? Hula hoops. Do you like hula hoops? I'm not sure. What are these? Do you like Doritos? Yes. Okay. So one out of two. God blesses him, and so God's blessing him, and he's just got water, and God just blesses him. When it comes to things like water, God just keeps the blessing. God has given him a mind for water. He can see it. He can get it. Anything he touches, it just produces water back to him. That's what it does. This guy here, God is hooking him up. Crisps. This guy's crispy. Everywhere he goes, just crisps. It's like a miracle. It's just like he's just gifted and getting crisps. He's there. And so, which ones did you say you like? Okay, just pop those. Just have one. Have one. Don't, don't. Yeah. yeah? And so, nice. mm-hmm. and so, how many know when you're eating Chris, it, 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 when he's hungry, you can eat the Chris, but Chris make you a bit thirsty. So he's just by himself, he's thirsty. But God has given him some stuff. This guy here, pop the water. Drink, drink, no, 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 yeah, yeah, show him. 
I'm not sure if that is in line with my sermon, but we'll work with it. And so here this guy, he's got water. Now we can automatically see what has to happen here. God gives him, and God gives to him, and then God says, what I want you to do is I want you to share what I give you. See, some of you are praying, God, give me water. And God's like, I have. It's in the body. I have. It's in the body. But if he don't want a fellowship, he's going to die of thirst. This guy, oh, it's nice to have some water, but I'm hungry. God, could you give me some crisps? Some hula hoops would be good right about now. <laughs> and God said, I have. It's in the body. And so when they start to fellowship, what happens is you give him one of the waters and you give him the crisp. Nobody has it all together, but together we have it all. So we don't just share God. We share what God has given us. See, some of you, God is blessing you with wisdom. You need to share that wisdom with some people. Some of you, God has blessed you with money. You can help some people. Some of you, God has blessed you with how to bring up kids. You need to share that with people. Some of you, God has blessed you with prayer. You need to pray for some people. God has blessed you with revelation of the word. You need to share that with some people. Some of you can manage things and organize things. See, we've got to stop saying pastor is the one who's going to do it all. No, 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 no. It's already in the body. This body has everything that this body needs. Because otherwise, God has made a defective body. And God doesn't make anything defective. As the, as the body grows, the needs grow, but whatever we need is already in the body. God has never shown the church that what you need is outside of the church. He's always shown the church it's in the church. So we share God, we share what we got, and we share the work of God. Now, I need you to, what did we do with those? Okay, put those things over there a second. Amen. Now, we're going we're gonna to share the work of God, and this is what we're going to do. Okay, so I need you to go down the stairs here and meet me here. Meet me right here. Right here, right here, right here, right here. Amen. No good guy you are, man. I want you to bring one of those chairs over. Now, think about it now. Imagine if we said to Roger here, get that chair. Without him, get that chair down there. Think how hard it would be. It's going to be really difficult. If we've got to move the kingdom of God, if we've got to get things in different places, we've got to get pastors to places. We've got to get the word of God to places. We've got to get resources. There are people that are dying, need Jesus. There are churches that need planting. There's things that need. We've got to do things. We've got to reach people in this borough. We've got to move some big things. One person can't do it. We said, put it down there. He's like, you can't. But what I want you to do is now, you're going to help him, amen? Now, try and get that chair down there. Don't fall over, please, because your mum's here. <laughs> look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that. Not only could they get it down, look at this, put it back up, which even harder. Careful. Woo. Hey, sometimes, and put it back over there. You can sit down. Give them a round of applause. 
Remember, the first thing is fellowship is about sharing God. What do you know about God? What's God speaking to you about? I'm struggling with prayer. Let me help. Let's, we share God. We don't judge one another. We don't condemn one another. We don't gossip. We share God. If you're struggling then, and I'm not, then, then God has put me in your life to help you. And if I'm struggling and you're not, God has put you in my life to help me. It's not, oh, you're struggling. I don't need you. No. You're going to struggle one day. We share God. We share what God has given us. God is going to give you things. He's going to help you. You're going to be good at certain things that other people are not good at. It's not for you to, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just good at it. No, look around you. God is going to show you needs. You're going to teach people things and show people things. And then the work of God. Look what he says in uh, Philippians 1 verse 5. He says, for your fellowship in the gospel, your fellowship in the gospel, that word is the word partnership. We've got to do the work together. One person can't do it, church. Every single person here, God has brought you here to help us do God's work, to move God's things. Every single person under the sound of my voice, God has brought you here for a purpose. One of the key things that we've got to hold on to while we should be in fellowship, Hebrews 13 verse 16, but do not forget to do good or to share for which, uh, for such sacrifices God is well pleased. That word share is the word fellowship again, koinonia. That word share in that text, and it says God is pleased when we fellowship. What inspired me about this series is that I started to look at all the scriptures where it says one another. And there's about, in the New Testament, there's about 20 scriptures that says one another, one another, one another. Do you know what? There's no scripture in the Bible that says condemn one another, criticize one another. Gossip about one another. Judge one another. There's none of those scriptures. All of the scriptures, when it speaks about one another, are always positive. If you want to know what fellowship looks like, I want to give you a quick run-through what fellowship looks like. You can put that um, uh, thing up here. And so this is what fellowship looks like. In 1 Peter 5, verse 14, it says, Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all who are of Christ, greet one another. You know what fellowship is? Fellowship begins with greetings. When we come to church, we should greet one another. We should be welcoming. That's what it means, with a holy kiss. So listen, listen. let's put that into balance. Yeah, we need to, because listen, I don't know brother rolling up on Francis with a holy kiss. Yeah, because you'll get something else holy. Yeah. And so what we're saying here, what it means is to greet, to greet one another. Yeah, hey, how you doing? It's good to see you. When you come to church, we should be greeting one another, like welcoming, like, hey, how you doing? It's good to see you again. I know we saw you on Wednesday, but it's good to see you again. We've got to greet one another. You have people around your house. Greet them as they come in. Open the door. Hey, come in. Greet. That's what fellowship looks like. Some of you are like, oh, that's weird. That's fake. No, 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 no. That's fellowship. What you have is weird. What you have is weird, this hostile exterior. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, what's going on? What's going on? See, when I grew up, yeah, I grew up, you'd go to someone's house, like a friend's house, and there'd be another, so you'd be like, yeah, yeah, what's going on? And there's someone in that room you don't know, you'd be like, hmm, who's that brother? <laughs> I don't know that guy. So I didn't want to be too friendly because I think he might take liberty. He might think I'm an idiot. Is anybody, 
Is it just me? I needed help anyway. I know I needed a lot of help. And so when you come into the church, you bring that mindset in. Yeah, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, cool. And, and listen, it's not just the brothers now, you know. So the women are silent, but I see some women up in this like. Sisters, man. Come on, sister. With high heels, you know. <laughs> it's like, come on. like, it looks good, but it walks bad. <laughs> we need to be welcoming. That's what fellowship begins with. Then 1 Peter 4 verse 9, show hospitality one to another without grumbling. Don't grumble about people. Hospitality means in welcoming strangers, meaning they don't have to be like you. They don't have to be. This is why uh, you could be road, but you can embrace people that are not. You could be really posh and you can embrace people that are not. One of the worst things, and I've said it so many times, but it made me sick to my stomach. When somebody said, oh, you know what? Oh, this church now, that these people are not on my level. I've, I've, I've attained. I'm too. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Please, don't let the door hit you on the way out. That, listen, that is the antithesis of what Christ is. That's the total opposite, the polar opposite of what Christ is. Imagine Jesus coming down on earth and saying, Nah, these men are not on my level. And just going back to heaven. <laughs> like, comes down to that. Nah, man's not on my level. <laughs> We're damned. We're finished. Jesus condescends. The Bible says condescend. means come down to everybody's level. Come down to everybody's level. See, one of the things of fellowship is that maybe you know a lot more than other people, but you don't have to show us you know a lot more than us. When you, you know when people always want to show you that they know more than you? Oh, yeah, you know, da, 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 da. We, you know we don't know that. You just want to let us know you, we don't know what you know. No, just be humble. Show hospitality. Welcome strangers. Bring different people around your house. Fellowship with different people. Come out of your comfort zone. Break the clicks. Bring new people into your group. It's terrible when there's a group in church and it's been the same for like 20 years. No new people are coming into that group. We understand friendship. Friendship is something which is very deep and organic. And if people are friends and you go, why are they not my friend? No, they, they've been friends for a long time. They, they, that's just the way it is. But in your, in, your, in your fellowship group, are you bringing new people in? Different people into your fellowship group. Be hospitable. Greet. Be hospitable. Romans 12 verse 10. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. This is the only place where the Bible says outdo one another. We shouldn't be outdoing one another in house. Like come to my house, my house is better than your house. How I many we shouldn't be doing that? We shouldn't be doing out, out one another in cars. My car's better than your car. My clothes, I dress better than you. My weave is better than your weave. How I many we shouldn't be saying that? You shouldn't be trying, you shouldn't come to church today and say, I'm, I'm just the best. No, that you shouldn't out, you, the only place where God says to outdo one another, he says in honoring. You know what honoring means? Putting the other person before you. So there's one, there's a, there's a high seat. You go to somewhere and there's one good seat. It should be like, no, no, you, you have it. No, you have it. <laughs> Please, brother, you have it. And then once, it, 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 say you go somewhere and somebody just sits there and they take the seat. They didn't even say nothing, they just sit in the right seat. You should say, thank God, have I done you in honoring? 
Rather than getting vexed, look, I wanted to sit there. Let other people be esteemed higher than yourself. God says, outdo one another in honoring. Now, we're not preaching about marriage today, but how many know a lot of marriages would be a lot better if they were trying to outdo one another in honoring? No, you wife, please, husband, you. <laughs> outdo one another in honoring, giving preference. Greet, hospitality, honoring. First Peter 5 verse 5, likewise you who are younger, be subject to the elders, clothe yourself, uh, 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 all of you with humility towards one another. Be humble to one another. See, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Stop thinking about yourself so much. Some of us, because we're so self-consumed. That we think of ourselves so much. As I was coming to church today, I was uh, working my way through the traffic, coming there, and I started to pull out. There's a, like a, a lorry parked in front of me, so I have to pull out. I started to pull out, and the person just cut me up, just like, you're not coming in here. And I was like, oh, my days. And then on the back, it had a Jesus sticker. Jesus loves you. <laughs> I mean, some of us, that's why we don't put Jesus stickers on our car, because we know <laughs> We're just like, it's better I don't. God's like, no, don't, just, let's, let's deal with some stuff before you put stickers on that thing. What it means is humility. Sometimes we can be claiming Jesus, but we're not humble towards one another. Be humble. 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Finally, brethren, rejoice. Uh, comfort one another. Agree with one another. Agree with one another. Fellowship, we need to agree with one another. So many times we can be cantankerous. You know what that is? Cantankerous. How many know what that is? You know what it is? Yeah, cantankerous, yeah. Any non-Jamaicans don't know what it is, no. <laughs> Amen. It's cantankerous. I remember, I remember someone said, you're a cantankerous youth. And I said, what is that? Argumentative. The Bible says when we come together, we should be agreeable. Find what we agree on, and let's deal with that. Now, we understand if somebody is a Muslim and they're saying Jesus is just a prophet, we'll never agree with that. But that's not what's happening in the church. So many times we're disagreeable. We have to disagree. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, it can't be like that. It's so silly. Why don't you just let that go? Somebody said something and you don't agree with it. It's a silly thing. They're like, yeah, well, I think um, you should use that washing powder. No, you should put... Don't worry about it. Every little thing you've got to disagree about. Every, you're a disagreeable person. You're hard to get on with. Stop disagreeing all the time. Before you open your mouth, think about where we do agree. We, we agree about Jesus, don't we? Yeah, let, let's talk about Jesus then. We agree about prayer. Let's talk about prayer. We can be argumentative and always focus on where we disagree. You know, sometimes the church gets a, gets a lot of flack. Oh, how come there's, there's this... But if you average it out over all the denominations and all the churches, the fundamentals of Christianity, all of them believe the same thing. The vast majority of Christians, they believe the same thing. They believe the same thing about who Jesus is. If it's a church, they believe that the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us. 
And people always want to pick out little disagreements. And yeah, the Bible speaks about the church, that we must work on the church. Jesus is working on the church till we become to the unity of the faith. We're all coming together to the unity of the faith. We're growing. And as we grow, we become more united. We'll agree more on things. Some of you think, oh, you should pray for an hour. Some of you think you should only pray for two hours. And so we're going to come together and realize, you know what, it ain't about that. Some of you say you should pray in the morning. Some of you say you should pray in the evening. You know what? As long as you pray, we'll come together and we'll start to realize some of these things are not real things. But what we do is we come together and we have fellowship because we greet one another, we honor one another, we are humble with one another, we're hospitable to one another. Ephesians 4 verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another. To have fellowship, you're going to have to bear with people. I thank God for this church because people that have been in this church many, many years, they've bared with me. They've bared with me. I've grown as a minister. I look back and I think, my days, sometimes it must have been hard. I'm just being honest. And many of you know, if you've been here a long time, I've bared with you. We bear with one another. That's, that's how Christianity is. No one's perfect here. Only Jesus is perfect. And as a congregation, you're going to have to bear with one another. Someone's going to, you, just, you, you don't really feel that you come to church, hey, hey, where'd you get that haircut? What's it You don't even know I didn't even want to be here today. Yeah. Bear with them. Bear with them. You heard somebody gossiped about you? Forgive them. Forgive them. Ephesians 2 verse 32, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. We've got to forgive one another. Once you stop forgiving, you're on your way out the church. Once you stop forgiving people, once you start saying, I ain't forgiving nobody, I can't, no, 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 I can't get with it, you're on your way out of the church. It won't be long before someone's going to step on your toe the wrong day, the wrong way, and that's it, you're out the door. And you, you, you won't intend to backslide, you'll justify it and be like, no, no, I'm just, it's just going to be me and Jesus. Yeah, it's just, you know what? Uh-uh. Because without fellowship, you won't grow. See, we need to be forgiving and bearing with one another. One of the things, you know, I, I, I speak well of my wife and I know that she's not perfect and I'm not perfect, but one of the things that I admire about my wife is that she's someone who doesn't become bitter. She doesn't have a bitter spirit about her. And this attracted me to her even uh, uh, before we were dead. I thought, this woman's got good spirit. This woman has a nice spirit about her. And so my wife, she didn't, you know, she didn't grow up with her dad. And, you know, I'm not going to go into all the family details, but she didn't really grow up with her dad. Her dad really didn't do right by her as a father should. But when she was getting married, she allowed her father to walk her down the aisle and to give a speech about how you bring up kids. But my wife, you know what, she just, yeah, I forgive him. I remember when we were uh, dating, early on in dating, People had their opinions. How many people always have their opinions in church about who should date who and what? Oh, now you're the dating expert. <laughs> you know everything, how this is going to work and how it's not going to work. And so there were some women that had their opinion and uh, this, uh, she shouldn't be dating him. And, uh. My wife never responded to them. 
And some of those women are my wife's best friend today. She fellowships with them, talks with them, encourages them. Because she never got better. She just forgave them. Because the reality is, is that they needed to grow. They made a mistake. We're not going to hold it against them forever. They made a mistake. We've just got to forgive people. People make mistakes. And if you don't forgive people, you don't bear with people, you're not humble with people, you're not... Gr this is what fellowship looks like. Let me close with this. The Bible says this in the text. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we will have fellowship with one another. He says, if you walk in the light where God is in the light, we will have fellowship with one another. Fellowship is about your heart. It says, if you're where God is, if you're on the same page with God, you will have fellowship. And sometimes the reason why we're not having any fellowship is that we're not on the same page with God. Because he said, if you're in the light, where God is in the light, there'll be fellowship. You'll be having fellowship with people. And one of the, the, the things that I've noticed for my whole life is when I start to withdraw from fellowship, there's an issue with my own heart. Because when I'm on the same page, when I'm, in, when I'm with God and I'm fellowshipping with God and I'm in the light where God is, it's like fellowship is so easy. When I'm not with God and I'm doing my own thing and I've pulled away from God, my relationship with God has gone down, fellowship becomes... Ugh. And so he says, you've got to come into the light. See, the light speaks of truth. Because he says, if you say you have fellowship with God, but your life is in the darkness, you're not in the truth. Light means truth. One of the hardest things about humanity and social relationships is truth. Trusting people and being trustworthy. Well, as soon as Adam sinned, the first thing that Adam and Eve did, the first effect we see of sin is that they hid from their social interaction. They clothed themselves straight away. They hid who they were. That's the first thing that we see sin does. It affects us socially. And even till today, sin has affected us where we are hiding who we really are, where we cover up all the time. Some of us, the world has understood this, so it says, listen, cover up with expensive clothes. Cover up with money, cover up with success and education, cover up with things. And so we want to get more things to look like we got it all together. We're covering up who we really are. Some of us, we're hiding. There are women, you're hiding under makeup. I'm not saying you shouldn't wear makeup. I'm just saying, you, we hide. Even in our culture today, what do we have? We have filters. Because if they should see the real you, no one's going to like it. I'm not going to get likes. I need to hide. But what Jesus says here, he says, no, no, no. Don't worry about you being truthful. Because he says in the text, he says, if you walk in the light as God is in the light, he says, you can have truthful fellowship and the blood of Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What God is going to do, he says, listen, the things that you're ashamed about, that other people that you're hiding from, he says, I'll wipe that away. I'll cleanse you from that. You don't have to worry about that. Just have fellowship. 
He says, just walk with me, get right with me, and then I will make your fellowship clean. People won't even see. There are people, you know, there are people here that God has done such a miracle work in their life that you look at them and say, oh, yeah, you don't know who they really are. Or should I say who they were? Because God has cleansed them. You're like, oh, if I could be like brother so-and-so, if I could be like sister, you don't know where sister so-and-so came from. You don't know where brother so-and-so was at. But God has cleansed them. God is restoring them. God is building them. How many of some of us here were miracles? We're a miracle. And God wants to do more of that. And he says, just, listen, just have truthful fellowship. Get your, right, get your heart right with God. Have truthful fellowship. And he says, listen, I will cleanse you. I will cleanse you. You don't have to hide who you are. You don't have to be insecure about who you are. Just have fellowship. He says, this is what pleases God. How many want to please God? I've, I've never met anybody who refused to have fellowship that grew and did the will of God. And so this month, we've said our growth exercise of the month is fellowship. And we've challenged the whole church to say, try to attend or host one fellowship a week. Fellowship, not just socialize, fellowship. Because there's some of you here, you've been struggling with certain sins, and you've been struggling with certain habits and patterns, and you're trying to break out of things. And God is saying, listen, if you start to have fellowship, you'll start to see victory. And you think it's not even connected. It's not even connected, but God says, listen, I'm gonna start to do things in your life. Because, yep, you're reading your Bible, yep, you're praying, but you need fellowship. You have to have fellowship. A church which has those things that I said, all of those things will become so attractive to the world because that's what the world is looking for. That's what people are looking for. People are looking for a place to come to where they can say, you know what, this is, this is a place where I can share my life. These people love each other. These people are open with one another, they're not perfect, they annoy one another, but they forgive and they bear. And they say, you know what, Christ is here. Christ is here. And so every single person here, you make the church good by your fellowship. Amen? I want every head bowed, every eye closed. We hope you've been blessed, edified and challenged by the sermon to reach the lost and make disciples. For more information on what we do and who we are, visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk.